All right, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Rambling Nights. Tonight, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to continue talking about faith and works. And then, uh, I believe Jake said he had a, a, a way of segueing into, uh, from faith and works into the unity of the church and why it's important. Yeah. Yep, and how that applies. So, we're in for uh, a treat tonight. <laughs> right, Hudson? Right, Jake? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... We kind of had a discussion last time about about what faith entails, and we didn't we didn't finish up with some of the some of the other passages I wanted to look at. But uh, so basically, this is part of the what caused the division between uh, the division due to the the Reformation was was specifically about faith and works and some some misguided uh views on uh on how to be justified that were purveying in in the church at the time caused division and then we had some discussion about about how faith and works interact now and i think most most christians actually essentially agree we just don't want to agree because we're talking past each other a lot of times. So anyway, uh, that all being said, uh, as far as faith goes, I wanted to turn to Colossians 1, uh, 21 through 23, or actually I think it might not be 21. Um, so, in, all right, I'll start in 21. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, uh, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and in which I, Paul, became a minister. Um, so just the, the idea of continuing in the faith, you know, it's, it's more, you know, you, you wouldn't replace the word faith there with belief and you wouldn't place that with continuing the works. That doesn't make any sense. So faith is, is a more of a, a lifestyle type deal the hope that we have in the gospel uh so any any comments we got we got to I, I can't just talk for well no no yeah no. <laughs> you can't <laughs> yeah you can you can but to continue like continuing in the faith kind of sounds like a work in and of itself to me you know what i mean like that it's like continued like to it's like action which i would uh uh, kind of compare with a work, so I would say that faith is a work. And well, faith certainly kind of continuing in the faith right. is a work. Yeah. Um, whether or not faith itself is necessarily a work, I think is. Uh, Maybe well, could, you uh, could yeah, that, it's not as blatant as saying faith is a work. I guess so. That's right. I'm but probably but, but not but right continu that, but continuing in the faith is something that you do. It's something right. that you. You you hold fast to the hope, uh, not shifting um, from the gospel. 
And uh, so they're just, and this isn't the only passage where it tells you, you know, to, to hold to the hope that we have in Christ and and uh, continue, run the race. Uh, Hebrews. All, all, yeah. yeah, all those things where it talks about continuing in, in the hope that we have and the new life we have in Christ. And those are things that we must do. Right. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think people on both sides of the faith and works debate agree on that. So, yeah. Yet we still like to argue about it because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so then the other passage is Philippians, which is along the same lines. Philippians 2... Oh, let's see where it starts here. Um. Philippians, oh, I'm not in the right thing. Here it is. <laughs> Philippians 2, uh, 12 through 16. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, uh, not only as my not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Hold fast to the word of life, so that you, in the day of Christ, may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So, I think verse twelve probably throws a lot of loot or a lot of ammunition in there for the debate. Work out your own salvation. Yeah. So, I, but then in thirteen it says God works in you. Right. And I think. Uh, it's a call for us to work, but also God does the most, you know, what actually matters. Right, but, but there's that aspect of responsibility. Of submission right. to, to God's authority, and I think uh, everybody agrees on that. So, I mean, this is where we all kind of segue unless into you're it. you're a heretic. Well, unless you're a heretic. <laughs> um, Got something though, to say, Hudson? Though heretic gets thrown around uh, a lot. I've heard... Uh, Roman Catholics called heretics, and I've heard all Protestants called heretics. So I don't think it. <laughs> but anyway, in in general, um, just the idea that that faith and, and works are are somewhat more connected, and there's an aspect of our life in Christ that's required to work. You know, you're required to submit uh, to Christ's authority in your life, and the Spirit's prompting. Um, so <laughs> I, I think, I think we mostly agree, you know, Ro I think Rome and, and Protestants essentially agree on what's required for, uh, for salvation. I think where some disagreement comes is, you know, what role does the church have in setting up traditions that you follow in, you know, if. You know, so like Rome would say, you know, you have to do, you know, these certain things because that's what Christians do. Well, I mean, is that is that antithetical to the gospel or is it just you continuing in the Christian 
you know, continuing in the fellowship with the the brethren. Um, I think that that's where some of the dispute comes as well. But it wasn't so much at the very beginning of the Reformation as it is now. And I think that's somewhat a result of um, U.S. culture, you know, highly independent, very, uh, you know, hyper individualistic type stuff. But freedom right <laughs> <laughs> liberty no indulgences in Protestantism. liberty or death well there's that too i mean that that's that's a something you got you got to you you're going to have disagreements over some minor things i mean if you can call them minor but the the idea of what actually justifies you as being living faith you know i think that if you told a Ro- a proper Roman Catholic that living faith is what justifies you, I I don't, and you de- and you describe living faith as having faith and continuing in 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 the Christian life. I don't think that either side would dispute that that's that's what justifies you because obviously if you have faith in in quotes and but then you fall away and you perish in that a uh, Roman Catholic would say well you may have had you may have been justified before but now you've lost your salvation and the the other side uh, Protestants would say well they were probably never saved to begin with so I mean if you use in, what, in what does pri- that matter though like it, like if the end result is still that they you know what I mean? Like, if you never had it or you lost it, it, it still sounds like you don't have it. You know what I mean? Right. That, that, so that's, that's my argument for, for I think, th- why we should be less uh, attacking, uh, you know, Rome or, or other... I mean, Rome has its problems. Yeah, maybe that, not that on that, but we can certainly poke fun of at them about other things. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Ro- Rome has its issues. Yeah. I, I just think sometimes we... We say, oh, you know, Rome, Rome believes a, a totally other gospel, which is, I think, pushes, I mean, some do, but some Protestants believe a, a false gospel. So it, it's not basically like, it, it, you know, it, in a practical sense, we believe the exact same thing about people's salvation. You know, somebody comes to faith in Christ in a in at catholic mass right then they uh you know two three months later they're continuing in in the mass and and uh on fire for the lord or or whatever they would call it in in rome and uh then not in rome but but part of that and then (laughs) then they walk outside and they get hit by a car you know Rome, the Roman Catholic gave some pretty fiery indulgences today. (laughs) 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 Right. Yeah. But that person, you know, the Roman Catholic would believe that person was saved, right? The same same thing in a Protestant church. Somebody somebody comes to faith in Christ. They're coming regularly. There's a huge turnaround in their life. You know, they are seeking and learning and growing. They have a lot of money to Joel Osteen. (laughs) We don't, no, we don't <laughs> give any money to Joel Osteen. <laughs> nothing, nothing. He's got enough of it. Okay. Right. Anyway, he's he's continuing. This individual is continuing in in the faith, uh, learning, 
wanting to learn. Um, there's a huge turnaround in his life, right? He walks outside, gets hit by a car. Everybody would agree that he was saved, right? But that same person, say, not the same person because that's not how it works, but... <laughs> gets hit by a car, comes <laughs> back to life. <laughs> yeah, respawns like a video <laughs> game. <laughs> but that... Yeah. yeah. But, n- but the, the same scenario, you know, in both in Rome and, you know, the Roman Catholics and both Protestants, if some if the guy comes to faith in Christ, huge turnaround in his life, right, then falls away, right, for three, four years, you know, then dies some way, you know, it, whatever way it, it is, right? Rome would say, oh, he imperiled his soul, and we are uncertain of his salvation. And we would say, as Protestants, well, uh, he's in the Lord's hands. Um, It doesn't look like he had good evidence of faith. He probably was never saved to begin with. So what's the difference? And on a practical end note matter, it doesn't matter, because it's both cases we we lay the person in the hands of Christ. Well, not only that, I think when we start talking about uh, others' salvation, we're getting into God's work, you know what I mean? We're not called to know who's got salvation or not, we're just called to be like fruit inspectors, you know what I mean? Like calling out people on their junk that they have in their life, but that doesn't mean we can condemn them and say, oh, you're not saved or you were never saved to begin with because you're struggling with this sin. Well, so, tr- true, I, I'm, right. not, I'm talking about not talking about condemning these people, you no, know. No, but like, I think when you talk about whether or not you're whether or not they're like their salvation, that's that's part of it, right? So like why are we arguing about this person, this hypothetical person that uh not that not that they're hypothetical, there are people that, you know, fall away and, and, and like people wonder, but I think at the end of the day we don't need to worry about that. You know what I mean? That's not what we should be arguing about salvation. At the end of the day we don't know. Right. Well, well, I mean, we don't know, but that was what the Reformation was about, was about, among other things, the faith and works debate was about what's, what justifies us. Um, you know, what is our, what is the, what's the person's responsibility in these things and um, the individuals. And I think where it does divide us uh, in, from Rome, um, but not because I think we I think we just that's how we justify you know people who fall away is in Protestantism is that they were probably never saved to begin with because we of eternal security. Whereas if you don't have eternal security, you don't have that problem. But we both essentially believe the exact same thing about it and it does divide us you know what you know there's there are certainly roman catholics who you know are never certain that they're ever saved which i think is going too far but then there's protestants that well if i don't have the proper understanding or i'm or if i'm not elect then i'm not saved so it's just you know is is my own understanding enough if i'm not elect like stuff like that i mean i'm not saying that most people don't struggle with things like this, but a lot of people do. And I think you got to str- somewhat strike a balance there. But also, I think we all believe essentially the same exact thing about salvation and faith. 
and works. We just talk about it differently um, and to our own detriment. So we all drive the same car. We just got to argue about what color it has to be, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, b- basically, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not talking like some of your not orange. <laughs> I, I I'm not talking some of your extreme extreme Protestants, you know, that you know borderline heretics. You know, there there's that that comes out of this. Uh, you know, in American culture specifically, which is is detrimental, um, but I think it's almost a result of of an acceptance of division that that has only gotten worse. Um, so that's my 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 general critique of American Christianity is that we've accepted division as okay, and we are unwilling to reconcile with people. Um, I mean, over essentially what we believe the exact same thing. So, tertiary issues. Well, well, tertiary issues, but also even big things that we just talk about differently. You know, we're unwilling to you know come to the table and discuss. Hey, do we actually believe this exact same thing about faith? Unwilling to define terms. Yeah, define terms. And I think it's actually going to be easier now if there was a push for it because a lot more people speak the same language than before. You know, there's a lot of, you know, before part of the, part of the, why um, Protestantism flourished was people spoke German. They didn't speak Latin. They didn't speak Italian. They didn't speak French. They spoke German. Yeah. And not well, obviously the French spoke the French, but the the I, the idea yeah. being that there was a language barrier, and whenever there's a language barrier, it's hard to communicate. But now there's so many people that speak either English or another language that's you know there's lots of people that speak more than one language that can communicate um, that we essentially believe the exact same thing about faith and works. I mean, there's plenty of other things that would need to get hashed out if there was any type of reconciliation. Um, I I think reunification is pretty far of a stretch. I mean, we're out, but reconciliation could be something that would be beneficial, I think, to the church. Um, so well, I don't think reunification is going to happen until Christ does that fully to the final. You know I, what I'm I mean, it could, it could if we had... The willpower to do it, but uh, I don't. I don't think it's necessary. I think reconciliation would be beneficial enough, and uh, and then that you know, there's alienation that that comes from the fact that people don't understand what you know even Protestants believe. I, I was in college, a uh, girl who grew up uh, Roman Catholic. We were friends. We had a bunch of classes together. She asked, you know, what my religious beliefs were. She wasn't a practicing Catholic, but she was basically just thought that all Protestants believe, you know, Jesus was married, had kids, stuff <laughs> like that. Like, no, we believe no. We're pretty. We believe pretty much the exact same thing if, as you about Christ's life. You know, I don't think there's anything we disagree with on Christ's life. There's some things on Mary and stuff, but like that. 
like that's what that's what her assumption was right and then another roman catholic i had a discussion with uh older than me she thought we didn't have uh we didn't have revelation in our in our bible huh <laughs> and she was surprised i she was surprised i knew that that they had extra books in the old testament um <laughs> but where does that come from well, I think it partially I think it partially has to do with some of uh misconceptions. Maybe she maybe she just misunderstood that some Protestants believe differently about eschatology. But I don't know where it came from, but there's just different this, topic. Yeah, different topic. I I know, but th- I I I was shocked that she, you know, that she thought we didn't have we didn't have <laughs> revelation in our Bible. But there's like there there's those things that you know, that alienate us from each other. You know, oh, Roman Catholics only believe. Oh, you know, you you got to do all these certain things. You all your your work merits your your salvation type stuff, and and then they believe that we just <laughs> deny the divinity of Christ type stuff. Like, you that just doesn't <laughs> heresy, <laughs> right? But that right. that's that's what happens when we're so alienated. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when we're so dis. You know, almost against each other rather than wanting to understand people's perspective on these things and have a healthy debate about it. Um, so, so church unity, basically. Yeah. I mean, we've already segued into that, but I yeah. think you're arguing the value of probably communing more with other Christ- like-minded Christian. What, like, not believers, right? Like, even though they're from like a different denomination or. Or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have a couple of numbers to share with you, if that's okay. Go go for it. Uh, just to kind of show church division, and obviously these numbers, I don't think they take into account kind of like the heretical denominations that would claim Christianity, and they would believe certain things that we would obviously disagree with. Um, but uh, the according to the World Christian Encyclopedia, the two thousand and one. Uh, there's over 1,200 different denominations in the U.S. That sounds like a lot of division to me. And then there's 34,000 different groups that would claim to be Christians worldwide. That yeah. sounds like a lot of different, uh, you know, like a lot of nonsense could be spewed into that. But it's also a lot of division. And then you've got like your different groups. You have your Roman Catholicism your Eastern Orthodoxy, your Oriental Orthodoxy, Assyrian churches, Protestantism, Restorationism, Anglican commu- communicants, and Pentecostal. So I, I, uh, I just <laughs> saw those numbers and was like, wow, that's a... Yeah, I, yeah, and there's just so much... It's a lot of division is what it sounds like. Um, and uh, I think... Yeah, it's something that's not really talked about a lot. And then we look at these groups and, like, I know me personally for a long time, I I always thought Roman Catholics were honestly heretics. (laughs) And uh, I think that was just because I was misinformed, you know, to a a degree. Not that that they don't have issues, but I didn't think that any Roman Catholic could be a Christian, and that's kind of just a little pig-headed of me. I don't think that anymore. You wouldn't know unless you talked. You know what I mean? Right. 
And it's like what you were saying with your, your Roman Catholic friends that thought that we didn't believe in the divinity of Christ or, or that we were missing books, you know, like Revelation. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we we very much overlook unity in in the American church specifically because we're hyper-individualistic hyper in the U.S. But if you if you look at, you know, despite that there's divisions in other, you know, the Roman Catholics are not without division, but they they have an idea of that there's something more to be connected with the body of Christ as the church rather than just simply, you know, a one-way thing, you know, you and God only, that's the only thing that matters. Um, because there's, we're called to the fellowship and and in Christ's high priestly prayer, uh, uh, John 17, let's see, where does it start? This particular part of it. An 11, specifically. Uh, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me. That they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. And no one of them has been lost except for the son of destruction. It was Christ's will and and plea uh, plea in this prayer to to the Father that that we would uh, that we would be one and united. So then there's and we can take examples of how they tried to work this out in. And successfully did so um, in in Acts. So in Acts nine, thirty uh, one. Yep. Yeah, I'm peeking over at your notes there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, is it multiplied. Sounds like church unity to me. Yeah, and yeah. Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Samaria was not, you know, a homogenous group of people. You know, Samaria was the Samaritans. Yeah, they were yeah. like the Assyrian half-breeds. Yeah, and yeah. there was u there was unity, right? There was peace, and they were being built up, and they were being multiplied because they were united. Even though, at one time, to be a Samaritan was to be not, you know, you you didn't even worship at the same holy site. You didn't worship at the temple. You worshipped at some other mountain. I can't remember what mountain it was. But they were not remotely unified as as pre-Christ Jews with Samaria. And there was 
but they were at peace with each other. Um, so then in Acts 11, uh, where was this? When Peter began to, to preach to the Gentiles, there was division. You know, there was the, uh, my Bible calls it the, the circumcision party or the circumcision group that believed that all, even that Gentiles should be circumcised. And they had a dispute about this. And what it, instead of saying, oh, no, you know, the Gentiles and the Jews are not, we're going to make two different denominations here. No, they discussed it and, uh, and worked and worked it out throughout, um, throughout 11. Uh, and then, then in 15, it's the same idea. Same dispute, you know, Gentiles and Jews being very different cultures, but both being um, both being uh, subject to the authority of the apostles and the elders gathered um, to consider this matter. And then they came up with a resolution, you know, don't eat strangled meat, abstain from sexual immorality and don't uh, eat things polluted by idols and you'll be better off is what it says basically in my translation that's a heavy paraphrase but the fact is that the that the people got together the apostles and the leaders of the church got together to discuss these things even though there were vastly different cultures vastly different beliefs on, you know, I'm sure there was probably still people in Acts 15 that thought Gentiles should be circumcised and follow the law. But they worked together to come to a conclusion so that we could be unified with uh, myself as a, as a Gentile Christian, be unified with Jewish Christians. Um, and I think we should, we, we shy away from this, especially in in the American church, but also in just in Protestantism in general. But also, I mean, there's been division in the church for a very long time between Rome and the Eastern churches and and stuff like that, which uh, I think a, a move towards reconciliation or and, uh, and forgiveness would be advantageous for the church because right now um, you look at places that were once heavily Christian are now mostly atheistic and or some other religion moving in um, because the church has become weak and unwilling to to reconcile our differences um, and the world sees that they say why would I want to be part of something that's so divided when we could just have a little reconciliation I mean, I'm probably never going to be um, in submission to the Pope, but, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, yeah, that's but there are some that 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 could be, and I would be okay with that as if they would reconcile and not make me anathema for believing slightly different things about certain aspects of the Christian walk. Right. I think that first step, though, to that 
towards that reconciliation that you were talking about in 15 kind of happened when Peter was, he kind of stood up uh, and he said, I'll just read 7, 8, and 9 real quick. Uh, and when there had been much dispute, which happens a lot with the, between our churches, denominations now, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Uh, I think we need to kind of get off our high horses. You know what I mean? Like the Holy Spirit doesn't just move yeah, through the reformed. one <laughs> denomination or group of people. W- one, right? One small... <laughs> <laughs> right, no, it d- yes, only through the reformed. Well, they're ju- they're no, just anathema automatically. First it was... And the people who don't know the reformed, right? <laughs> in uh, Revelation 22, <laughs> 48. Like, we're, we're not the ones... <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys. But, like, that's the thing. We're not the we're not the first ones to be struggling with disunity. You know what I mean? Like, Jews and Gentiles, that was the biggest one. That was probably the first one, um, that huge dispute. And I think we just need to uh, acknowledge that God, who knows the heart, and he, he chose to give everybody the Holy Christians Spirit like Holy that. Spirit. You know what I mean? Through that avenue. It's not for us to determine... Yes, all Christians, Holy Spirit. Sure, yes, but I think that we just need to get off our our high horses sometimes. Yeah. So an, an example I use um, is about you know persecuted churches, not just Protestant persecuted churches, but persecuted churches that their families have been in under Muslim occupation for fifteen hundred years, or however long it's been. It has, I guess it's not been 1,500 years. It's been a 1,000. But whatever. They, they've been, and they've held strong. I mean, it seems apparent to me. I mean, I am not Christ. I don't know their hearts. But if they are willing to pay taxes, not, uh, not be allowed to do certain things, not be allowed to own certain buildings, their churches uh, have to be shorter than mosques, stuff like that, all kinds of crazy stuff like that, they're willing to do that for a thousand years. It seems to me that their faith is fairly evident. Uh, it's almost like their works show their faith. <laughs> right, and they're conti- they continue in it even though it would be easier to just go along with society and be a Muslim. Right. You know, and, and I think to just cast them off as because they don't believe the exact same thing as us on all exact little fine points of theology... Uh, perhaps we just don't fully understand like theology and they don't Something fully like understand that. theology because we're human? Yeah. Yeah, we're human. Sinful right. human yeah. beings that can't understand you know, the perfect will of God and everything else that goes with it. Yeah. So I mean I, I have a particular burden for for trying to reconcile differences. Because I just think that uh, the the church is is going to fail if we don't um, do our have our calling to be unified and not you know there's enough people the world hates us already why do we hate each other you know we but we do 
you know, we fight we fight wars over it. We have in the past, especially. Um, you know, there's violence in the streets over it. I mean, there's other things that apply to it. You know, you you think of Northern Ireland type type stuff, but there's there's other aspects of it. But a lot of it has to do with what exact type of Christian are you, and it just it it drives. <laughs> it almost makes us focus on the Christians we slightly disagree with rather than the world that needs the good news. And I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's some people that that specifically try and divi- divide and drive wedges, and it, it is not. That's what I think uh, I, I have a burden against. It's an abomination. <laughs> so discord among the brethren. It's the Lord one of them. You laugh, but that's what it is. And I yes. think that we can be really guilty of that if we're not careful when it comes to, uh, you know, division, like what you're saying. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, there's a lot of things I would give up in my certain Protestant beliefs if we could reunify, you know. I would still probably hold them and argue with them in, in, discussions like this but I would not cause division over them you know right now I'm a I'm a Baptist so I'm an Anabaptist and I would not cause division over that and I would accept authority from the church if they would concede on some other points like I'm anathema for other reasons like (laughs) and perhaps if the Pope you know, assumed not as the primary, but as uh, equal among many, or something like that. I don't know. There's lots of things that that would need to be resolved. But I, I, I am certainly willing to do to give up certain aspects of of my beliefs as being and call them fringe and uh, and write either write or discuss these things, but not you know, give up some authority there to, for the sake of unity. And, uh, but perhaps that's just my conviction. Well, it kind of reminds me, I'm just going to kind of steal what Greg was talking about. Uh, in Matthew 17, about having to pay the temple tax. You were there that night. Yes. Yesterday yes. night. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he didn't have to. He could have argued with it. He could have been like, why should the son of God have to pay the tax? You know what I mean? Yeah. To enter my own house, but right. he didn't just to cause because it would cause a fuss, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, along that same vein, I would attend a church still that would baptize yet. infants. That <laughs> 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 Christ the King. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I need. I need to go. I've been there once. It was probably before you were even going. Came there, out of the so womb looking that. like this. Before take you that. even had a beard, Hudson, he probably <laughs> went. <laughs> no, <okay>. I know. <laughs> He's such a weirdo. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's my spiel on church unity. I don't know. You have any other comments? What would you give up of your beliefs? What would I give up? Probably the set, like infant baptism. I don't, you know, I guess. 
<laughs> um, I, I for some reason I struggled not struggled with that, but whenever I heard it, I'm like, that's ridiculous. You can't infant, you can't baptize infants, but you can't <laughs> infant baptizes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that. I guess another dumb one that comes to my mind is. Uh, Oh yeah, what what wouldn't you give up? I guess is an, another better question. Oh, that is a that is a tough question. Well, the obviously the divinity of Christ is probably a big one. Yeah, All right, the the good the good news is that uh, why Rome doesn't deny the divinity of Christ. Neither do all the Eastern churches. Have to give yeah, up good. beliefs in order to be unified to other um, churches. See, I don't think we should have to not. Because that's false unity. Um, I, see, I don't think we would should have to g- not give up necessarily, but set, but 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 set aside, set aside, perhaps. What? <laughs> <laughs> Repeat that. All right. So, sorry, I sidetracked everybody. All right. So, what do you mean? Not to, no, not to give up, but to set aside for the sake of unity. So, like, um, like let's 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 say something that does it's not all that consequential that people <laughs> morally <laughs> was merely what merely what was was Mary no was Mary a virgin indefinitely? <laughs> I think you have that's something that you gotta what. Right, but but <laughs> yeah. I, well, well, yeah. well, 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 hold on. Are we talking about Christ being born of a virgin, or like after? Oh, yeah, yeah, even after. Okay, well, before I think that would be one that you'd have to die on, because if not, then well, you're yes, denying yes. one. Of, okay, but like I'm after talk- the fact, I'm talking about what what Rome believes about about Mary's that she's perpetual a perpetual virgin. Perpetual virginity. <laughs> and, I mean, and like, would you set that aside for the sake of unity? I, I mean, I would. I don't think it really matters yeah. that much, because I think Christ is more important than Mary anyway. Yeah, I don't really care if she was a virgin after. You know what I mean? Like, how does that affect? So yeah, I could give that up. Um, you don't have to give up your belief. Up. <laughs> it's more just set aside for the sake of unity. Yeah, set aside for the sake of unity. And I think that there's a lot of things I would I would do uh, for that. But there, I think there's a lot of people that would that wouldn't set that aside and wouldn't set. By set aside, you, know, you mean like a lot of Roman not dividing that over that issue. That belief right, for the sake right. of unity. You know, people who. Don't make it so important that you're not willing to have to do Don't make it so important that you're not willing to have I mean, I think the only fellowship beliefs with them, that anybody should worship with them not set aside are the ones that are core to the gospel. Anything else is like whatever. You can still eat under the same tent, so to speak. The problem is a lot of people think there are certain things that are core to the gospel that others do not. Mm. <laughs> well, that's tough, huh? <laughs> I guess then we'd all have to read from the same gospel, right? Or like agree on a... Uh, the creeds are... Uh, you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, yeah, I think part part of the problem... Well, the creeds are a great place to start, and and anybody who 
who doesn't say the creeds, uh, who can't say them and believe them, let's say, uh, not people just don't say them, but people who don't believe the creeds um, are obviously heterodox, you know, in their beliefs, if not Filthy heretical, areas. just outright. Um, you, you know, go. some modalists might are heterodox. I guess I gotta look into the creeds because I just I honestly don't. Do you know have all of them in the back of your Bible? The Nicene Creed. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's just because. I, 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 I Archer. Well, I only have three. I have the Apostles' Creed. I have the Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed. A lot. How many are there? Just out of curiosity. There's more than that, depending on your. Uh, well, uh, yeah, obviously there's more than that, but. Well, so okay, so then how do you? Are there heretical creeds or no? Just I, I'm look at I all the New York Times. I don't know. I don't know all of them. But it wouldn't surprise me if there were some, um, especially if there's some. So we can't even use. But basically, I think part part of the thing, especially in American Christianity, that drives division is a lack of respect for the church body as a whole. You know, we're hyper individualistic. You know, if my beliefs don't exactly line up with this church, I have to go, you know, I have to go off and find another another church that believes exactly the same thing I believe on eschatology or baptism or, you know, whether the, the whether communion become literally becomes the, the body and blood or doesn't literally become the body and blood or... Uh, all these things that just that well, if they don't believe exactly, you know, the pastor doesn't believe exactly the same thing as me, so I have to go off and forsake this fellowship and find a new fellowship that believes exactly the same as me, and you're never going to find it. So that's why people hop around to churches. It's why there's so many church splits. Um, it's because we don't put the church before the individual, and Christ came to save the church not just individuals. Individuals are part of the church, but Christ came to save the church to create his kingdom here um, and forevermore. Mm. <laughs> We're up. How are we doing on time? <laughs> That's it? Oh, wow, all right. Well, that was a quick 45. Cool. Well... Grace and peace be upon you. Grace Join us peace. next time. <laughs> <laughs>